Let's love the Lord tonight. Isn't God good? Pastor Moore is coming right now. Everybody say, Lord, bless him in the name of Jesus. Touch his mind, his spirit, oh God. Feel his mouth. Let's give that unto the Lord tonight. Oh, we thankful for our singers and instrument players. And help us along to set the setting of the stage, amen, even for this service tonight. God bless you. It's good to see all in the house of the Lord tonight. Come to worship and to magnify the King. To worship the Savior of the world. The Bishop of our soul. One that had come to the valley. One that can stand on the outside of that cave with a still small voice. But with such authority and power to draw us out of that cave and give us instructions and guidance to accomplish and to achieve and to be who and what he would have us to be. got your Bibles tonight, turn with us. Let's turn to, I think I'll just read one verse. Read from 22. Luke 11 and 22. It's very familiar scripture. I don't want to read the whole. I don't want to bring something out in a verse here tonight that I promise I won't I won't preach an hour and 32 minutes tonight. I was informed this morning that I preached an hour and 32 minutes. I I won't do that tonight. But I would, I would hope by the help of God here tonight and the help of the Holy Ghost to help us. How many of you believe we're in the last days? How many of you believe in the fight of your life? And... Uh, Every service is important. Every time we gather together, it's important to, as Brother Philip said Wednesday night, have the move of the Holy Ghost, how the power of God to saturate this place, but not just the place, but us, to move on us and help us. Martha in John eleven twenty two says, but I know that even now, whatsoever thou wilt ask of God, God will give thee. 
Jesus saith unto her, Thy brother shall rise again. Martha said unto him, I know that he shall rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Why don't you go to the 39th verse now. Jesus saith, talking to Martha again, or actually talking through them all, but Martha's going to respond. Jesus said, take away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time, Lord, by this time, he stinketh. Lord, we ask you to help us here tonight. That your presence and anointing would visit us in such a way. It's your will that we desire. It's your touch that we desire. It's your presence. That's why we have gathered here tonight. And oh, you've been here tonight. You've answered prayers. You've moved upon lives. You've anointed the singers and the instrument players. And God, as we step into this pulpit tonight, we ask that you to help us. That you'd quicken our minds, loose our tongues, and help us to speak the words. But not only to speak the words, but speak them in a manner and speak them in a way that they could be received. We pray for the ears and we pray for the hearts to understand what is being spoken. Get an insight, get a revelation. That it could be a turning point. That it could be a place where uh, changes could be made that are pleasing in your sight. It could be a game changer, if I could put it that way, God, in the minds and the hearts and our souls here tonight. For we need you, God. We need you to walk in this place and to minister and to touch us and to help us. Because we want to win. We want to be victorious. But God, I want to do more than just win for myself. I want to see others to win. I want to see others pulled out of the power of Satan and pulled out of the powers of darkness and deception. I want to see others set free and experience this great liberty and joy of God, the powers of your love and the powers of your presence in our lives. To enjoy you as the author, to enjoy you also as the finisher. God, we want to finish the race. We want to finish the fight. We want to make the right decisions in the valley. We want to hear that voice. We want to respond unto that touch. We want to please you, God, not just in this service, but to all the days that remained upon this earth. Every day, week, month, and year that you have given unto us. We want to please you. We want to be what, who and what you desire us to be. Help us here tonight. We're going to give you all the glory and the praise and honor in this place tonight. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. <laughs> By this time, let me join Brother Ford to welcome. It is good to see our guest, families. Amen. It's good to see. Renee, am I right? 
Brenda. I know what I, is it Brenda? No, it's the only one I couldn't think of. Man, God have mercy. I know your mom and dad. <laughs> I know of y'all, but I just can't, I know it's four girls. I just can't remember all the Celinda. I know the other one, but I couldn't remember yours. But it's good to see you. It's good to have you and your family with us. God bless you. It's good to see all of you. Amen. In the house of God. Nick, it's good to see you back again tonight. God bless you. Man, I'm not in a big hurry. I hope you're not. I don't believe you are. Uh, but if I could take just a moment tonight, and um, with the help of God, and, and like I said, I only got two pages, so I'm, I'm not going to preach long. I don't feel like we will. Um, by this time, though, I read the 22nd verse first. What Martha and her response, and you know the story, how the Lazarus. Now, we know that Lazarus, Martha, Mary was well-beloved of Jesus. Jesus had spent time with them. Jesus had went into their home. Martha had fixed a man for him. And Now, think about that, ladies. You're talking about pressure. Man, when you have Jesus over for dinner. <laughs> I would say something there, but it'd be offensive, and you wouldn't laugh, so I won't say it, because <laughs> I mean it, just kidding, but anyway, um, but, uh, uh, and when you have guests over a lot of times, what, you, you clean up, you go to extra, you know, you really hate drop-ins, you want everybody to text you before they come and call you and all this other stuff, so we can make a few adjustments and uh, we don't know. We know that he didn't call. They didn't have cell phones. And we know that he didn't text them. Amen. But we know he would drop in occasionally. How, how far in, in notice he would give? Possibly none. Uh, they would probably hear him coming because of the multitude and the crowd and the group that would be with him. Most of the time, the disciples and those that would come. So he wouldn't be alone. He'd always have guests with him. But uh, from all accounts, from what we can understand, he was always welcome. At Lazarus and Martha's and Mary's house. And, and even though that Martha complained one time and got upset, not at Jesus, but in a way she did, but more at Mary. Because Mary was wanting to sit at his feet while she was doing all the hustle and bustling of getting the dinner ready. Amen. And so, but, but yet it still cannot deny the fact that they were close. That, um, uh, that and, and you can, if you read this account that goes on here that John gives us and some of the statements that are made of some it's even outside because as the word comes about Lazarus and um, his sickness and uh, Jesus makes it known and they notice who to send to they knew who to get a hold of they knew and they make this clear both Mary and Martha makes this clear Jesus if you'd have been here Lazarus would not have died if you'd have just been here and we know that even though Jesus tarried him wait for two days, John doesn't give us a reason. John probably knew John was there. But he doesn't, he doesn't expound. He doesn't let us know in the scriptures why they lingered for two days. 
In fact, amen, he finally tells the disciples after two days and talking about Lazarus and, and talking about this sickness. And amen, it's not a sickness unto death. But yet, amen, whenever he mentions to them two days later, they start their way. He tells them that he's asleep and they, they respond to it because they really didn't want to go there. Because Thomas, amen, said, hey, hey, the Jews tried to stone you the last time you was there. And he says, well, there's 12 hours in the day. And if you'll walk while there's day and the hour to walk and the hour of light and, and when the time's there in the right season and, and I believe God's moved upon me and I may preach on this sometime God's timing God's timing. God's got a time. And we don't like to be helped by time. Nobody wants to wait. We've been geared that way. We've been fashioned that way with computers and fast food and things of that nature. In fact, if it's not served at a decent time and a decent meal, we want a home-cooked meal in five minutes. Amen. I told you about the home-cooked meal this morning. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Stir it a little bit. It's a home-cooked meal. And uh, so, but anyway, and so sometimes we want to do God the same way. We want to approach him. And it's amazing to me. Another thing God's been impressing me with the last few weeks. And he said, you know, you know, people go to hospitals and they'll wait in the in the, in the waiting room for their doctors and nurses and waiting on their instructions and okay to come back. And, and they'll wait an hour and sometimes possibly two hours. Now they got appointments, but it's all right. We'll still wait. It don't matter that the doctor didn't see me at one. I wait on him until two. Amen. But sometimes we have a tendency when we come to the house of God, if he don't start on time, we get frustrated, get irritated. And uh, sometimes if God doesn't perform the miracle, we come up one time for prayer. And we're battling with an earache. Or we're battling with a... Whatever ache, <laughs> I'll be careful how I put that, amen, because aches are real, and, and we ought to come up. And, and, but you know what? Sometimes we have a tendency just to want to come one time, and we'll just think. And, but I'll tell you something. How often do you take your medicine? And I've mentioned this lately, haven't I? And uh, how often we go back to the doctors. If you go to the doctor one time and he didn't accomplish and achieve, do you go to a different doctor? Sometimes, Brother Heath says, it just depends. But most of the time, that one doctor, if he's a family doctor, and uh, if he's been a family doctor for a while, you won't go to him one time. You'll give him a second time, and sometimes third. And I'm going somewhere. Just hang on with me. So, so, so in this time that's elapsing and taking place, you're willing to be patient, and you're willing to, to cure the doctor. And uh, for the most part, I know there's some, there's some that knows more than the doctors. A man that's been to school for six and eight years on top of those 13 years and they know all the bones and they know all about your body and you know more than they know. I don't know why you went to them, but anyway, uh, praise God, you know. But, but here, you should, well, watch this unfold. We could tell in, in verse 22 that Martha said Jesus, but I still know that whatever you ask, God can do this. But now, but now, when you drop down to that verse... And Jesus tells him to roll the stone back. Man, the game changes, don't it? 
The outcome is going to change. The, the atmosphere is going to change. Mary and Martha probably didn't have much. Now Mary didn't say nothing. There's nothing recorded here about what Mary's doing here and, and, and all of that. Because Mary didn't even get up and leave the house to come to Jesus until after Martha goes. And then she comes and tells her, hey, Jesus calling for you. And then she goes. And a man and goes and makes her way and tells him the same thing. And, but now they all, and we know the shortest verse in the Bible is in this setting, you know, because Jesus, the man part of him, as he watched the Jews and Mary, and Martha and all that's weeping and they're making their way back to the graveside where have you buried him and we know if you do a study on death and you do a study on burial we know that now he's been buried for four days and so there's a, a strong possibility and probably a good 90% that um, they had buried Lazarus on the same day that he died they had buried him just like Jesus on the same day he's crucified took from the cross they buried him they put him in the tomb a man because they didn't have you know all this wake and funeral and all this other to go through and, and, and bomb them and doing things of that nature. So we know that now Lazarus has been laid and sold Jesus on purpose. Amen. And, and, and you know what? To be honest, he, he may not could have gave, gave a good reason outside the fact that he wanted to see the glory of God. He wanted to see the power of God demonstrated that had not been demonstrated yet. And God being God, Jesus Christ being God, he knew that. And he knew what the outcome was going to be. And so he wouldn't let the mumbling because his others as they make on their way to that grave. They were soldiers on the outside. Oh, I don't understand why Jesus didn't save him. I don't know why Jesus didn't heal him. He opened blinded eyes. And you know what? He loved him. That was his friend. Man, he housed him and he's questioning. And the Bible says that he came to the point, to the place that even Jesus groans in his spirit. The actions that are taken by the surroundings. By the response of those now that he showed up. So that helps us to understand the power by this time. But the Ford had mentioned, man, about David. And uh, I thought about Ziglag. I thought about the burnover field and how that David come back with his men. Men that it was trained to fight. Men that was trained to be warriors. And they had been rejected and sent home because of a man they didn't feel. The Philistines didn't feel that they would stand true to them. And when they went up against Saul and against the Israelites. And so even though he had been faithful to that king. A man, they, they, they said, hey, we don't believe that. And so he sent home. And when he gets home, you, you read the story. You see where Ziklag was, uh, was burnt. And the families were taken. It was burnt over field. And it's there. Amen. Amen. If, if David would have listened to the, those around him and just paid attention to them. They was ready to stone him. They had begotten a man and wept and cried because of their babies that were gone, their children that was gone. Amen. And they were so broken and discouraged. Amen. With the surroundings and circumstances and a lot of times it causes things to bubble up in us and emotions to rise up in us and actions to rise up in us. And sometimes they're not so good. Amen. But if somehow, amen, if we can just understand by this time, amen. Hallelujah that this is not the end of the time this is not the end they just sung the song in the valley amen the valley of decision but you know what I'm serving a God that's a God of the valleys I serve a God amen that knows where I'm at in the valley he knows where I'm at in the darkness he knows he's my Lord he's my Savior he's my Redeemer amen and not just a Redeemer amen a one time Redeemer but he always shows up and he's always going to work and he's always going to be God it don't matter what it looks like it don't matter about the time where I'm at. Because if you look at that closely, there's no doubt in Martha's heart. 
and spirit. There's just a little bit of doubt. There's a little bit of hesitation. <laughs> Amen. But Jesus responded. Didn't I tell you that I was a resurrection? I'm going to tell you something the Holy Ghost prompted me about this afternoon. <laughs> I'm telling you God's ready to resurrect some prayer lives. Amen. Hallelujah. No, what I'm telling you tonight, it's not too late. It's not too late to resurrect some prayer lives. It's not too late to go back to some old landmarks. It's not too late to have a visitation from God. It's not too late to have revival. It's not too late to get your family back into the safety realms of God. It's not too late, amen. He didn't show up late, Martha. Hallelujah, he may stinketh, but my God can resurrect him. God can resurrect an passion. God can resurrect an affection. God can resurrect a hunger in this church, amen, like it's never had. God can resurrect a youth department. God can resurrect a Sunday school department. God can resurrect a ladies' ministry, a men's ministry. God can resurrect this church. And they, some of you need it because you on the outskirts and you're dibbling down over the world and you're just about to be sucked under. And you need, you need a church that's going to love you enough and care enough about you that's going to stand in the gap of where you're going and stand in the pathway that you're walking down and tell you it won't work. It's never worked and it's not going to work. You can't build strong churches by compromising. You can't build strong churches by loving the world and going to the events of the world. And we don't need the help of the world. We don't need the assistance of the world. We need more of God and more of the anointing of God. It's not too late to come back and run the aisles. It's not too late to come back as a young man saying, I'm going to give myself to God. I'm going to give myself to the call of God. I'm going to give myself to the service of God. And it doesn't matter, amen, if all I ever do is clean the toilets. And it don't matter, amen, if all I ever do is become a warrior. It don't make me any difference. I just want to be a part of the kingdom. I just want to be a part of the church. I just want to be a part of a God that's a living God. God. It's not too late, amen. It's not too late in the house of God tonight to watch your babies raised and brought up in the nurture and the admonition of God. It's not too late. You can be seated. How many pray for the minds of your babies? These little fellers, little girls, it's unbelievable the task they're facing at school. I know if those of you that don't do homework really don't have a clue. It's unbelievable what this little girl brings home for homework. It would blow your mind of what they want them to read 
in the first grade and draw out a chart and show how you can take and take in tens and ones and subtract from the, the, the larger number and then in two different forms in the first grade. Amen. To write and, and to reason and to be able to think. I understand we're in competition and that's the reason I'm praying. God touch their little minds. Put a desire in them to learn. Put a, put a touch in their little minds and their hearts and their spirit. Amen. Not just for the world and for worldly things things and to waste their talents and skills for the world and for the devil and for the money but amen that they will become vessels and want to be for God and for the power of God you think I'm gonna let you just sit back and sit not till I come on Paris it's time for you get a stir in your heart and a stir in your life I'm not gonna let my babies go down the cesspool but you gotta help me Well, preacher, it's too late. It is not too late. The battle's not over. They sing amen until the fat lady sings on it. The song's not over. The party's not over. The fight's not over. The resurrection hadn't taken place. God hadn't called his bride away. Somebody else can be brought in. Read the book of Jude. Our people, I need your help. <laughs> I can't help you if you're not willing to help yourself. I don't mind spoon feeding this one. I don't mind putting a pacifier in this one's mouth. Don't bother me one bit. Amen. To put the bottle in this one's mouth. But it's a different ball game when I got to put it in this one or this one. I can come on up if y'all want me to. I come on up if you want me to now. I come on up a little old if you want me to now. <laughs> It's time for some folks to grow up. It's time for some folks to become mature. Amen. As soldiers of God. I can't be there and fight every little demon out of your house. You got to fight them. There's some demons you got to fight. Hallelujah. Praise God. I will tell you what I'd do. <laughs> Y'all remember the storm? Y'all remember the Zeta, the one we had a couple of years ago? Remember, they put the word out, hey, just bring all your trash and put it out in the ditch and they'll pick it up. How long did it take them to pick the trash up? <laughs> How many of you glad we just came on our own without the help of anybody except us and we loaded up, put all that trash right back here and burn it up? We didn't have a trash pile out here for the snakes to crawl up in. <laughs> we didn't have a trash pile out here to make call us an accident because we couldn't see around and get out in the road. <laughs> no, we took it back there and burnt the trash. Hey, some of you need to take a good Holy Ghost meeting, a Holy Ghost prayer meeting, and burn some trash out of your heart, and burn some trash out of your spirit, and get some wake-up call in your mind and spirit, instead of going the way of the world and the way of the devil. I'm telling you, you ought to fight for your family. You ought to fight for your babies. You ought to get a gutter in you and a burning passion in you. I'm not going to let the devil have them. 
You'll stay up day and night to make a dollar bill, but you won't pray five minutes. Palace and out, sweetheart. Stay on a computer for four or five hours and can't read three verses in your Bible. I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm trying to tell you folks, it's not too late. Martha and them thought, man, this is a done deal. Lazarus is gone. Oh, but Jesus, if you'd have been, he wouldn't have died. It's all with history, but only Jesus, only Jesus knew. Only Jesus knows what he can shape and form. But you know what? You've got to get involved. You've got to get connected. I come to the house of God when I feel like it. Well, God will show up when he feels like it. Huh? I pray when I want to pray. Well, God will respond when he wants to respond. I mean, that's just, Brother Ford doesn't said it. The promise, but yet, you know what? There's something that hinders them promise. It's called obedience and making the condition and making the sacrifice to attain those promises. But every promise is yea, amen. We'll tell you something. The devil's after him. You can be seated. It would shock some of us to go to schoolhouses. And watch what goes on in those schoolhouses. And what they have to deal with. And face. And be tempted by. But if you get the right move of God in here on a regular basis. They'll find a help. That's not all. I'm still a firm believer that we're responsible for them to protect them. That's the reason I don't I don't collect snakes. I don't have snakes for pets. I'm gonna go a step further. I don't keep biting dogs. I don't keep dogs that act like they're going to bite. I'll put it this way. I won't say what I've done. I've done away with one that act like he was going to eat up my granddaughter. And I was standing there. And when he'd done what he'd done, I said, buddy, that's it. I didn't ask my wife. I didn't ask my daughter, even though that was her favorite one. I didn't ask nobody else on the hill. Man, I took it all under my responsibility. And I took care of it. And I can sleep at night not worrying about it. I can go deer hunting to turn my dogs loose and don't worry about him coming home and worry about if my granddaughter's out in the yard. I like to say, some things you got to solve. Hey, some boundaries you got to draw the line. Hey, some places you got to make up in your mind and heart and spirit. Because if you're allowed, it's not going to stop there. It's going to bleed into your daughters. It's going to bleed into your granddaughters. It's going to bleed into your grandbabies. And it's going to keep on going. And it's going to become more powerful and more of a probably meant to rob and steal and take away. I'm telling you the devil's playing for keeps. I'm telling you the devil don't care about your, your feelings and ideals and opinion. He's out to get you. He's out to get you. We taught it this morning, traits. 
how you respond, how we act, how we respond to life and circumstances. Oh, that was a miserable time. You can be seated for Mary and Martha. Hallelujah. I'm going to go to Job now. I won't take all the time because I could preach for a couple of hours on the scriptures out of Job. But I won't do it. But I will give you a little enlightening amen of some events and things that took place. And this is about the center of Job. They're about the 19th verse is the, the main verse. But I'd love to take the time and back up a couple of chapters and, and, and the answers of Job in this setting and timing of things that begin to unfold as he, as he began to answer. Amen. He says, I have heard many such things, miserable and comforters are ye all. Shall vain words have an end? Or what emboldeth thee that thou answerest? I also could speak as ye do. If your soul were in my soul's stead, I could heap up words against you and shake my head at you. He's talking about the friends that had showed up. The friends that were supposed to come and help him. The friends that were supposed to come and encourage him. The friends that were supposed to help him along this journey and overcome this, this battle and warfare that's going on. You know how it was. You go back to the beginning of Job. Amen. God didn't inform Job what was going on. Devil didn't inform him either. In fact, the devil showed up making sure that God got all the blame for him showing up. And it was God that was warned against him. And it was God that was out to destroy him. When he went, it was nothing but the devil himself. All God done was took the hedge down. All God done is took the protection down. I'm going to tell you something, Mama. You don't think your prayers mean anything? Just look at your children and the outcome. And you can tell whether or not you're praying or not. You can tell whether or not you're pleading the blood of Jesus. Uh, by the help of God, I don't want one day to pass by. That don't plead the blood of Jesus. I call on the mercy of God, the mighty hand of God. If you don't keep our babies, God, nobody else will. I'm telling you, the spirit of this world, the body of the hell, is going to gobble them up. But somebody got to get a move of God in their souls. I'm going to fight for my babies. I'm going to intercede. I'm not going to get mad about this and mad about that. What I'm going to get mad about is not let the devil have them. I'm not against this. Don't take it that way. But if your baby began to say, Mama, I don't feel good. If your baby started bruising and it wouldn't heal up, and if certain things started to happen to her or him, what are you going to do? They start sick and won't eat. And, hey, we're going we're to take you somewhere. And you take them to the family doctor, and the family doctor says, look, this is beyond me. I, I can't do nothing, but I'm going to send you to a specialist. It's going to cost you. It's going to cost some money. So what? Right now, money's not an issue. This is my baby. <laughs> I put up my house for sale. I'll do whatever i got to do. <laughs> this is my baby. It's amazing to me how that some mothers throw them in the trash can and others are willing to spend millions of dollars for their baby. They're willing, amen, to take them and let them take them to intensive care and put them in places. I don't know how many of you heard the message I told somebody the other day. Amen. Brother Fultz talking about, amen, the care of a mother. And I'm not preaching this from that. I'm just going to use this one little part. And it talked about a premature child. I think it was the only way to pound and something. Amen. It was in that little incubator. And, and they had, amen, where the, where the water was moving and 
and, and all this in the time of this child. And as he was there and a, and a part of it and, and said in a little while, said, they wouldn't even let him go in or touch it. wouldn't have nothing to do with it. But all of a sudden, this lady comes in. Nobody stops her. Nobody says anything to her. She makes her way over there. She goes inside and puts that little thing on. And she takes that little baby out of there. And she holds that baby and rocks it and talks to it and sings to it. Hey, man, and she has to come and do this. My memory serves me right about three or four times a day. She's got to come and do that. Come to find out she's the mother because that baby won't survive without the voice of that mother. That baby won't survive without the love of that mother. And so even in that bed, hallelujah, God, there's a little song that's being sung by the voice of that mother when she's not even there. I love you, baby. I love you, baby. I love you, baby. That's one thing to tell them that. But there's another thing, amen, to show them the actions. You can tell me you love me, but your actions tell me more than your mouth does. And you can't just love me with your money. You got to love me with your prayers. You got to love me with the sacrifice of God. You got to love me like you love God. Because if you really love me, you got to help me fight the battles. Watch this. They won't like it, but I'm going to say it. If the chance gets right, I'm going to tell the gentleman that's coming in the hardware store. Because he's so upset over this marijuana business. And I don't blame him. I'm with him. In fact, you're going to get to vote on it this coming election. Whether or not to sell it in the county. Three different things of this, this marijuana, medical marijuana. To allow it to be put out into our, our, our community. Where they can go anywhere they want to in our community. Amen. And buy it. And you might be surprised. you elect officials. Because they after the money. And you can't blame them. Because you don't want them to raise taxes. But we want them to wait on us and serve us. And we want them to do this and do that. But you can't do none of that without money. So it's, it's a twofold. It's a twofold sword here. But here's what I want to tell them. What if all you denominal churches have been like the apostolic churches and preached against tobacco and preached against cigarettes and preached against all of that? How unclean and how ungodly it is. And still telling everybody they're all right and they can go to heaven. And it don't matter what the surgeon says. What if we took a strong stand back? Would we be where we at tonight? If we took a strong stand back then? If everybody took a stand? Everybody calls himself a Christian? Everybody calls himself a disciple of Christ? Hey, I'm not throwing this on. No, I'm just telling you if everybody has called themselves a Christian, if they'd have picked up the same Bible, if they'd have put forth the same force, I just wonder where we would be. Let me go a step further. What about Hollywood? How many in this house knows good and well Hollywood has about ruined this country? But what if everybody had been like the, the unlearned Pentecostal one God preachers that couldn't hardly read, but God gave them revelation and insight? We don't want to go there. We don't participate in that. We don't want it in our homes because we don't want that in our lives. We don't want that training our babies. This preaching may not stir you. But if you don't hear it, God's got something down the road, it will. I'm trying to warn you. I'm trying my best to help you. I'm trying my best to stand the gap and do it with love and compassion. Hallelujah. But there's some things you take out of the preacher's hand. There's some things you take out of God's hand. 
It's called disobedience. We're just going to do it our way anyway. We're just going to, it's all right if I do it and this one do it. I'm going to tell you something. Nobody can handle sin. And that's not all. The spirit of rebellion, I don't care how small it is, it's going to affect everybody around you. You can't have a spirit of rebellion. It's going to affect your babies. And I tell you, a spirit of rebellion is about dominated this nation and about robbed this nation. Hallelujah. That's the reason there's unity. There's really no compassion, respect, and it's eating us alive. The only thing is going to survive is a church. The only thing that's going to get out of this mess is a church. The only hope you got is a church. You can go to your three kids. You can go to all them folks. I'm telling you, they won't help you. Oh, they're going to try to give you a pill. They're going to try to give you a little shot. All they're going to do is put a band-aid over it. Put a name to it. Say, you'll be all right. Take this a little bit every day. You'll be all right. When all said and done, we need a good dose of the Holy Ghost. I wonder what would happen in this night if we'd have really got a hold of that first song. Baptize me with the Holy Ghost. For if you do, I shall have power. I shall. Who wants power in this house? Who wants deliverance in this house? Who wants true liberty in this house? It comes in the Holy Ghost. It don't come any other way. It don't come by any other form. It comes by the Holy Ghost. It was God, the Holy Ghost, that stepped up to that grave that day. I'm a little concerned about some of you. I hadn't seen you dance or shout or speak in tongues for a long time. What's wrong? Oh, come on, preacher. No, I'm your watchman. Laziness to eat us up. I'm a little concerned about how much effort and energy we put out, Jenner. But when we come here, especially we didn't make no effort to make it to the prayer room. I'm going back to that again. I'm going to tell you why. Because in prayer out there tonight, God let me know that prayer room out there is the launching pad. And if that's not laid right for every service, this service will never be able to tame and accomplish the purpose that is set out to accomplish. The launching pad. You pray down the glory. You pray down the anointing. You pray down a power and a kingdom that's this house that binds up the enemy. The strong man we talked about in this morning for an hour and 32 minutes. The strong man that can be bound when Jesus Christ walked into their synagogues. When Jesus Christ walked into their houses. When Jesus Christ walked in their lives. Why do you think they come running to him? When they had daughters that was facts with the devil. Facts with the devil as a Gentile. Even before the cross. Before she really had access. But she knew who was going to deliver her baby. She knew who was going to set him free. Hallelujah. It's not over with. She could have said well it's not the Gentile day. I just have to let me. Well, it was just the will. I'm so sick of hearing. Well, it was just the will of God. I'm bold. I'll tell you, we just didn't want to fight. But I'm telling the truth tonight.
forgot who it was. It might have been some of y'all. Just in the last few days, somebody told me. They may have saw it on the phone. I'm not sure. This gentleman caught a rattlesnake and brought it home. I don't know what he put it in, but apparently not something good enough. It got out. When his wife found out it got out, she says, I'm leaving and I'm not coming back until you find it. I don't blame her. I'd have called the insurance bunch and asked them, could I burn the house down? I got a snake in it. Don't that, ain't that reasonable cause to burn a house down? If I was an agent, I'd probably say, yeah, let's burn it. You know what happened? He tried to catch it. And it bit him. Don't think you're going to escape. They tell us that most people are bit by snakes. Not all. But the majority of cases is because they're out. They say to kill it. They don't use my method. I don't have to worry about the snake biting me. <laughs> they tell me he can only strike half his distance or something like that. So I figure if I'm 10 foot away from him and using a shotgun, it doesn't matter if he's 6 foot long. He can't strike me. Man, they just some things. Come on, can't you see the evil in it? Can't you see the wickedness in it? I told Brother Brad the other night, he sent me a little text of one that they had found a rattlesnake in the road. Coiled up, man, that thing was like that. I showed some of you, hey, that thing was ready. I told him, I said, you didn't show me the best part because I texted him back. I said, did y'all kill it? He said, yeah, we killed it. I said, man, you didn't show me the best part. You just showed me the thing up around there about to bite everybody and do everything, and that's all I saw. I want to know, did you kill it? Hallelujah. Hey, is anybody interested in killing some devils? Hallelujah. Should have petting them and agreeing with them and peppering with them. I'm interested in killing some devils. I'm ready to drive some serpents out, some spirits out, and some attitudes out of the house of God because they're gobbling us up. By the way, it's not too late. It's not too late to have revival. It's not too late to see miracles. It's not too late, amen, to see the prior move of God. Brush Harbor days is not over with unless you want them over with. Tell you what, we can raise some babies up in this house that see some things that you and I didn't see. Experience some things, hallelujah. Hey, this little, this little girl right here loves to watch the dance and the shouting. She gets excited. We can just keep that in her now. Keep, keep for it to grow. To fall in love with it. Because if you don't, she's going to fall in love with things out there. I'm going to help you out now. You may not like this, but I'm going to help you out. I mentioned it this morning, and God's working on me about it. Hallelujah. Our young girls, you're in here this tonight. You're not in competition with the world. You already got them beat hands down. And shame on us as moms or whoever that tried to arrange their hair and tried to fix them in a way that they'll look like the world. 
I want my baby. I want my baby to look godly. I want my baby to know how to love God and live for God. Amen. It's far better than all the beauty of this world. She can attract every young boy there. I don't want him to attract every young boy. We're not raising a bunch of harlots. You can like it. You can do what you want to with it. But I'm telling you, we're in the fight of our life, and somebody better get stirred up. One date with the wrong guy. You'll go to an emergency room and you won't even know her. She won't know you. Because they laced what was supposed to have been a Coke. It was supposed to have been a Sprite. I'm telling you, the devil's after you. And you can pay me off if you want to pay me off. I'm just, you can just whatever you want to with that. But I'm telling us in the Holy Ghost tonight, we're in the battles of our lives. Then he's trying his best to destroy every family he possibly can. And I'm telling you, if you give him any leadway whatsoever, if you give him one inch, hallelujah, I tell you, he'll take a mile. But if you'll give yourself to God, give yourself to the Holy Ghost, God will always stop the power of the enemy. He's not greater, he's not greater. Martha, death ain't gonna hold him. Martha, I tried to tell the boys he was just asleep. Thomas said, well, hey, let's don't go wake him, man. Let's, I mean, sleep's good for him. And about the only time you hear Jesus said, he's dead. He's dead. Thomas finally looked around and rested him and said, well, let's go die with him. Talking about with Jesus. They tried to stone him before. It's amazing to me how, how easy we can believe being defeated. How easy it is to, to compromise and, and say, well, it's all right. It's just in my genes. I got it from my mama. I got it from my daddy. Wait a minute. I thought you had a new daddy. I thought you had a new mama too. You have. It's called the church. And the church, come on, let's preach on that a few minutes. I can take on the traits of the church. I can take on the, hey, I've heard not more than one, just more than one evangelist. Talk about different churches they go to and customs and traits they got. Hallelujah, amen. Because they pick it up, like it or not. And if you give them to look around, you want to, but you can't worship like everybody else. And you can't get involved like everybody else. But you've got to make sure, God, I want to please you in Bendale, Mississippi. I want to work the way you want us to work in BU. You want us to work in Bendale, Mississippi. Now let's get back to Job. I'm sorry. I'm going to quit running those rabbits. Let's get back. And I, I won't read all of this. Amen. Look, do some homework for me tonight. Go back look at Job 16, 17, and 18. Bildad and his response to Job. And, and then he talks about it. Job in and, and the 17th says, My breath is corrupt. My days are extinct. Amen. The grave is ready for me. Listen to what Job's saying. Amen. He found himself in such a condition, in such a situation. Hallelujah. The grave's ready for me. Amen. There's mockers. Amen. With me. And that not mine, my eyes continue in provocation. Lay down now. Put me in a surety with thee. Who is he that will strike hands with me? Who would reach out and get a hold of me? Take me by the hand and help me. You know, there's nobody to help me. Amen. There's no kin folks. There's nobody around. If you read those chapters, you're going to see that. His children mocked him. Amen. The children around him. 
that at one time they was impressed with Job. They was impressed because he had money. They was impressed because he was a, the richest man in the east. And so they looked up to him. But now all of a sudden when all that was taken away from him, but yet God, amen, helped Job, hallelujah, that he didn't charge God foolishly. And you watch, amen, when it slips on over into the 19th chapter. And right in the middle of all of this that's going on, you're going to notice something that begins to happen. How pity upon me, how pity upon me. Oh, ye my friends, for the hand of thy God has touched me. Why do he per- persecute me as God and not satisfied with my flesh? Amen. You're, you're capping God to persecute me. You're railing me. You're talking about me. But I'm telling you, I'm holding on to my integrity. I'm telling you, I've done right. And he goes on. Oh, that my words were written down. And, and Brother Phillips mentioned this the other night. Oh, that my words are written down. Listen to what Job's saying here. Amen. Oh, that they were printed in a book. That they were graved. Graven with iron, pen, lead, and the rock forever. For I know that my Redeemer liveth, and that he shall stand at the latter day upon the earth. And though after my skin worms have destroyed this body, yet in my flesh shall I seek God. I wish somehow in the midst of where I'm at and the battles and struggles I'm in, that somehow it could be written down. It could be written down in the stone and the rock with lead. That every generation's coming behind me will understand what I'm saying right in the middle of my, my tribulation right in the middle of my battle right in the middle of my valley if you please hallelujah these words could be written down I know my redeemer and I'm gonna see him with my own flesh I'm gonna see him and behold him hallelujah it's not too late God's gonna show up and when God shows up he's gonna do things that nobody else can do I'm not interested in compromising. And I'm not interested in backing up. I know. They've told me. They keep telling me. <laughs> that we can't preach against beards. And I'm going to tell you something. That's the least thing I can do. And I don't mind telling the men. Oh, we're going to put it all on the ladies? Because here's the deal. It won't stop with the beard. Nick, don't you take this wrong. You're a guest. You're a visitor. And we love you. I'm talking about Holy Ghost people and claim to fear the living for God, okay? Because there's a problem. I'm just as sanctified as I've always been. I'm just as known as I've always been. I'm just as godly. <laughs> but you watch them. After this. After a while this. After a while that. One thing leads to another. One thing leads to another. And one thing after another. And first news, you know you'd be shocked at the apostolics. Amen. The girls. You know why? Pressure. But you know, it's time for us to put a stop to that pressure. Girls, don't you be under no pressure whatsoever. You're causing that pressure. God ain't putting that pressure on you. Your beauty, there's no greater beauty than your natural beauty. And the beauty of God upon you. You can't beat it. You don't have to get up in the morning time and beat your husband up before he gets up and go in the bathroom and, put a, and get all painted up. If you're going to get painted up, tell him to get painted up. Some of you are not liking it, but it's the truth anyway. You know what? There's some of them nuts out there painting up. 
They some of them nuts out there, amen, is, is doing this and doing that. And that's all right if you claim to be a sinner and you don't care anything about God. But my problem is, is they want to be saints of God and they want to be Pentecost and they want to claim the name of Pentecost and they want to claim the name of Apostolic and they look like the world, act like the world, go to the places of the world and the world's eating them up. And then they wonder where the power's at. I'm praying for an old-fashioned power of God to move in this house. And we got to have it. But you know what? The church has got to get where it can handle it. Just wonder what we'd give tonight to watch our six- and seven-year-olds dance in the Holy Ghost and speak in tongues. School teachers don't take this wrong. But the schools are pulling for your darlings. They want to play ball. <laughs> we got some young boys and young girls coming up in here, but it could show some of them on the court. But God didn't create them to put them on the courts of the world. <laughs> this is our court. You can be seated. Man, I don't know how I got on all this, but here I am. <laughs> a few years ago, the apostolics got big in ball playing. Did y'all know that? Yeah, you knew that. We had apostolic teams and apostolic leads. Anybody have noticed the last few years that's kind of died out? You know why? Didn't work. Didn't work. It'll never work. You can't love the world and love God at the same time. Nothing wrong with let's get out here. We get this field, we may have us a ball. But we're not going to be playing against churches. We may all come together and have a good time, pick among ourselves and get out here. You know what the real, the real goal of that would be? It's good exercise. How many likes to jog? You like to jog? I'm going to pray for y'all. Y'all can tell I don't like to jog. I like to walk. If it's outside, got a dunk, got a dog. But anyway. <laughs> but you know what? The real, the real blessing of doing that is fun exercise. So there is some benefits to it. You know what? If you exercise that way, whenever you come up here and start praying with people and start worshiping God, you wouldn't wear out so quick. You wouldn't be like some of these old preachers. <laughs> God have mercy. I don't want to be that way. I mean, when I'm up here popping willies in that, in, that, in that wheelchair, I still won't have the wind when I get through. That's it. Woo, praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. It's not too late to have a party. It's not over with. By this time, he stinketh. Are you hearing me tonight? 
I'm telling you, the devil's trying to tell you it's too late. Devil's trying to get you to the same place with Martha. By this time, it's just simply too late. I'm too old, or I'm too young, or I'm too this, or I'm too that. Don't listen to that. It's never too late for something to be resurrected by God. If he can take, watch this, four days later, <laughs> call Lazarus. Roll that stone back. Here's the deal. Some of you got to roll the stone back. Jesus could have spoke to the stone, but he didn't do it because they had the power to roll the stone back. There's some power that lies within you, and God's waiting on you to use your power and your faith to roll that stone, and then God will take care of the rest of it. What you can't do, God will do, but what you got to do and what you know to do, for he that knoweth to do good and doeth it not to him is sin. And sin stopped the miracle working powers of God in your life. It stopped the miracle working powers of the finances in your life. If you're tired and sick, amen, or struggling with your finances, why don't you check what you're doing with your tithes and with your offerings and you might find out your problem. Well, oh, I hear another stop. I'm doing like Sister Bull, uh, Sister Bull, Sister Wilton and I bulldozing my way through. <laughs> I can see her right now. <laughs> I'm not trying to be ugly. I'm trying to help us. I'm telling you, the world has attacked the apostolic church. He didn't know what it was going to He said it tonight. They're trying to fix it and arrange it. Where we, we're the troublemakers. Okay. What did Ahab tell Elijah when he found him? called him the troublemaker didn't he we're not the troublemakers folks if there's any hope for this country it's a strong church if there's any hope for your family is to have a strong church for it to be a strong church you got to make in your mind to get in it and get involved become active in it work in it singers are coming i done preached longer than i had planned i promise you tonight i won't cover some areas but you know what Romans writings has let us know that Abraham didn't stagger the promise of God. Even though it had been 25 years. Even though he could have looked at the deadness of his body. Even though he could have looked at the deadness. But you know what? He didn't consider that. Go to Romans. That's what he talks about. He said he didn't consider the deadness of Sarah's womb. She never had brought forth a child. And now she's even beyond the age, amen, of, birth, of, of birthing a child. But he didn't stagger at the promises of God. Hallelujah. You may be in the valley of decision tonight. You may be in the struggle of your life tonight. But you need to do like Job. Just somebody write it down for me. I don't know when it's going to fold and when it's going to happen. But somebody just write it down for me. I'm going to make the right decision in this valley. My redeemer is going to come. My resurrector is going to come. The lifter of my soul. The lifter of my mind. The lifter of my family. The lifter of my way maker. Hallelujah. is going to move on my behind. I'm going to become the priest of my household. I'm going to become the spiritual leader of my household. I'm going to be what God's called me to be. And I'm not going to mumble or complain about it. I'm just going to do it with the joy of God in my heart. I'm going to do it with a passion. I'm going to do it with an energy. Living for God. Loving God. Worshiping God. Serving God. Counting it an honor and a privilege to be a part of this kingdom. You know why? Amen. Because this God. They was right. If he'd have been there, he wouldn't have died. 
<laughs> but he wouldn't limit it to that. Just because he's died. Just because it's been dead for a long time now. Just because it's been a long time since you spoke in tongues. It's been a long time since you felt the glory like you like to feel it. It's been a long time since you've seen a stir in your son or your daughter. It's been a long time. Hey Amen. You've seen uh, something that maybe that dream that you've had a long time ago. But it's kind of faded out. And it's kind of gotten on the back burner. And you had not thought about it in a long time. But all of a sudden tonight. Amen. Because why? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It may stink. But it's not unresurrectable. It may stink tonight. But it's not unresurrectable. Hallelujah. Not in this hand. Not when you bring it to this God. Not when you make up in your mind, heart, and spirit. God, I'm going to trust you. God, I'm going to believe in you. I'm going to pray it again. I'm going to pray it again. I'm going to praise you for it again. I'm going to believe you for it again. I'm going to believe in a resurrecting in my heart, my mind, and spirit. You're going to put an old-fashioned love in my heart, an old-fashioned passion in my spirit for the things of God. As we stand together in this house tonight. I could have talked about the prodigal son that came to himself in the hog's pen. What did he do? He knew who his redeemer was. He knew he could change his life. They summoned this house as waiting on some miraculous thing to happen. But it's not. The father never sent to that prodigal son. He didn't send no special agents. He didn't send no chariot after him. But, he's, but one thing the father was doing every day. Your heavenly father's eyes is upon you tonight. And he's watching. See if you're going to make that step. See if you're going to make that move. Some in this house has got some things you need to repent over and get right with God. If you're waiting on some miraculous thing to happen, it's not going to happen. Because you know. And God's not, God's not mandated to send miraculous things to those that already know. That's already tasted. It's already been there. But it's got to be your desire. It's got to be your hunger that causes you to wake up and come to yourself and say, I'm coming back. He's watching now. As you turn and make your way to him. And he's watching you with eyes to make sure you can make the journey. But you just got to make up in your mind. You got to get sick of the hot pen. You got to get sick of the gossiping. You got to get sick. You got to get over some things that was 25 and 30 years ago. That keeps popping up. And sending you on some spiral again. God's always been good to us. God's always been merciful and kind.
It's one thing to rebel against your pastor. But it's quite another to rebel against God. In the pull of God. There is a line and there is a place that even God, when you just keep pressing on and you keep marching. I believe God's always give his people time after sending prophets or messenger to repent, make things right. Before he ever started sending the persecution, he'd always give them an opportunity to get things right, to make adjustments. To By this time, where does it lie in your heart tonight? Where does it lie in your spirit tonight? Can I say this without being real offensive? I'm still amazed and shocked of asking our ladies to wear hoses and the effect it had upon this church. I really am. I really am. You can say about this what you want. But I realized then that we're not mature as we think we are. We're not as sold out as we think we are. Now, it would have been different if I asked something that would just weigh out and left field. And it's about like it feels right now. Bible's taught us that, that we make ourselves a habitation for God. You know, when if you've got certain careers that you want to attain in life, and they start out even in the first grade, what do you want to be? And they start planting that into their hearts and minds, but but there's certain preparations that has to take place for, for them to acquire that, to attain that. They desire to be a lawyer. They desire to be a nurse. If they desire, not all the cases, but a majority. If they, then there's a, a process in school. Certain courses that need to be taken. And directions to help prepare them for that career. They don't have to, but yet they're going to have to come back and bite the bullet and but if, if they got their minds made up and if they could start in an early age at that, it becomes so much easier when that time comes. And you'll see them start in that field in an early age. Sometimes by the time of 21 or 22, they would be what you call restored nurses. And, and by the time they're in their 30s and early 30s, they'll be supervisors. And you know why? Because they made decisions way back here. 
and with God's gifting and, and the talent with God helping them making preparation the Bible's warned us and taught us many a times gird up you know what gird means to prepare prepare yourself I'll be honest with you I feel I've dropped the ball in the past of trying my best to prepare some of you for the world that we're in but if God will help me I'm going to do my best to prepare some of you I can't do it all. But we can create an atmosphere in this place that will create something in these babies' hearts that they'll want to live for God more than anything else. There'll be a desire and a passion in them to become helps and pillars in the church and maybe, maybe pastors, maybe evangelists, maybe missionary workers. I know a lot of times we name all those first, but... I'm going to tell you something. You can't have none of them without pillars in the church. You can't have none of them without helps in the church. You can't have none of them without having a strong church first. If everybody focuses on all that and going here and doing all that, what about the church? What about the home base? God's working for us. I believe God's working for this church and all the churches that will let him work to work in our hearts and lives. So tonight, maybe, maybe there is a dream. Maybe there is a vision. Maybe there is a desire that you think it's done, that it's over with. Huh. Maybe tonight or maybe sometime in the past, you, you even made the thought of your own by this time. It's just too late. By this time, amen, there's just no need and no sense in it. By this time. But that's not true tonight. I'm coming to tell you tonight, since Marshall's got all of your attention, I come to tell you tonight, it's not too late. It's not too late. No more than it was too late for Martha. Oh, Jesus, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died. But, but, but the 22nd verse said, but, but I believe that whatever you ask of God now, that he'll do it. But when he got to the place and said, roll the stone back. Oh, but this time he stinketh. Who's willing to bear the stink? Who's willing to take the chance? Who's willing to say, go ahead and open that part of my heart that I hadn't wanted to open in a long time? Open up those wounds that I hadn't wanted to open for a long time. I mentioned this about Brother Ford and that doctor when they took to him. The, the doctor, a man that probably should have been took to a long time ago, told him, look, they've been healing the outside and not the inside. I'm going to tell you something. Spiritually, you can get it all right, but if you don't get the inside right, you're going to start having problems with the outside. But if you can get the inside right, the outside will start straightening up. And you'll start going places and doing things that you ought, and they won't be that struggle and that fight. But if you're not willing to deal with the heart, if you're not willing to deal with the spirit, if you're not willing to deal with the attitudes of it. You're never going to solve the problem. But tonight, it's not too late. Tonight, amen. God's wanting to resurrect some things in some hearts tonight. God's wanting to resurrect some hopes in the house tonight. I, I, can, I can look and tell that something's all ready to go and you're ready to hit that door. But that's your business. 
But I'm telling you, one of these nights, we're not going to make it back. One of these nights, this opportunity won't be here. One of these nights, we're going to be caught away. I was going to preach on and go to Corinth. And the resurrection, that's going to happen in a moment, a twinkling of an eye. And it's going to be over with. And then in that moment, it's going to be too late. In that moment, amen, it's going to be, it won't matter about the stink any longer. If you think about stinking, you ever, you ever smelled burning flesh? You ever been a part of that? You ever been burnt? Do you know anything about a lake of fire? Hey, I'm telling you, it's a time for some. Some of you sitting there like nothing's touched you. It may just be old William Moore preaching to you, but I'm telling you, God's trying to get your attention. God's trying to stir you up. It's time to shake that old spirit that's got you bound. It's time, amen, to shake that old attitude that's got you bound. It's a time, amen, God, I need a resurrecting in my life tonight. I need you, God. These singers are coming, amen, and beginning to sing. These altars are open. What about it tonight? Are you ready to meet him? Are you ready to hear him say, well done? Are you ready, amen? Are you ready with your babies? Are you ready with your babies? Can you tell God and stand before God? I'm doing everything within my power to raise them up. I'm doing everything within my power to train them. I'm doing everything within my power to lead them. Lead them, God, to you. Lead them to you.